ready to grow your business by building relationships online and offline? Are you looking for a system to attract new prospects and nurture your past clients? Maybe you're a business owner, a sales professional, or an entrepreneur. If you are, then great. Join me, Janice Porter, as we blast past your barriers to success and explore the power of relationships for your business. And welcome to the Relationships Rule Podcast. Welcome to the Relationships Rule podcast. I'm your host, Janice Porter, and I have, again, I'm always excited about my guests, and the one today is no exception. Today I have with me Alan Zybert. He's a relationship-driven sales executive and a keynote speaker who successfully harnessed his energetic personality and interpersonal psychology skills. Now I'm going to stop there for a second because I met Alan through... Um, a referral, uh, somebody else that is uh, uh, going to be a guest on my show. We actually haven't done this yet, but I could tell right away that his energy was through the roof. So uh, it was very fun talking to him the first time. And that was from Israel where he was visiting family. Now I think he's back home and safe in as safe as you can be in the U.S. right now. However, welcome, Elon, and uh, welcome to the show. Thank you, Janice. Yes, I'm back in Atlanta, and um, by the introduction, I hope people don't expect me to start with you. <laughs> I knew you'd say that, and that's all good. No, of course not. I know that you were a, um, a sales professional for many years and a sales trainer in the, I, if I'm not mistaken, more recently in the travel industry. Is that correct? That is correct, yes. Yeah. And, now, and now you've left that and creating <laughs> your own uh, presence in the world with uh, your venture around what you call emotional relevance. And I want to dig right into that because it's fascinating to me. So tell me what emotional relevance is and how it pertains to sales because it's for entrepreneurs. It's all about sales. So, yeah, so I've been, you know, I've been fascinated and attracted to neuroscience and psychology uh, for years. And, I, you know, I'm one of those people that feel, that really feel. Um, and I always was curious about it. And my friends and my colleagues always used to point out things to me like, hey, how did you do that? Like, how did you make this person react the way they did? Or how did you just, you know, come up with, and I couldn't really explain. So for years, I really looked at what is that? What is that thing that people look from the side and say, this is something special, right? But I'm just living it in a way, the feeling that we're talking about, et cetera. So um, three years ago or so, a little less than three years, I started writing a blog and I came up with the word emotional relevance with the term emotional relevance, uh, which recently I got a trademark. So I'm thrilled and proud uh, to say that... Uh, Emotional relevance is me. <laughs> um, really what it is, is a process that you go through an emotional experience with a colleague, with a partner, with a prospect, with a customer, doesn't matter, with a friend for that matter. Um, you go through an emotional experience. And as a side note, emotional experience is something that we remember, okay? That we remember. If I ask you, where were you when the Twin Towers got hit? I guarantee you, You'll remember, you'll know exactly where you were, who you were with, and possibly what you were wearing that day. Mm -hmm. but, if I, but 
experience that we go through that are not emotional, we don't really remember. Our mind is not, that's just science, right? If I ask you what you had for breakfast last week, you have no idea. So I'm thinking that that's the same as saying um, uh, stories sell fat or facts tell stories sell. So it's, it's, it's bringing and developing or creating that emotional experience with someone that makes it memorable. Well, that's exactly it. So the beginning of it is I call it the emotional anchoring, right? So I teach executives or sales executives and account account managers or customer success managers or just entrepreneurs through multiple channels of communications. And today we have many. It's mm-hmm. not just the email. It's not just the Zoom. It's not just, you know, it's everything together. Make it a two-way channel communication. I teach them how to create an experience that is emotional, memorable, right? But then the key is over time to be able to trigger that experience again, mm-hmm. right? Because when you do, they relive that experience and the outcome of it is better relationship, more trust, more memorable, more openness, right? And everybody's uh, better off. So that's in a nutshell what uh, emotional relevance is. Well, it's, and it so fits with my thinking around the fact that um, with all the networking that's been going on since the pandemic started, all this online networking that's been going on because we can't be face-to-face in the same way anymore. So we really have to work a little harder at, at creating that building of a, of a relationship through a screen, right? So... Um, I want to pause. I, mean, sure. I want to talk about that for one second. You said work harder. I don't think it's harder. I think it's different. Okay. One, one of the things that really, really bothered me in, in recent years is, you know, corporate America is dictating to us some guidelines, right? We're not supposed to make friends when we're in corporate America. We're not supposed to feel emotions, or share what we're feeling. God forbid you hug somebody in corporate America, right? We're not supposed to. But here's the thing. It goes against our innate needs, exclamation point, not wants, needs. And you know it, you talk about it a lot mm-hmm. with, you know, on, on your website, on your blogs. We need to feel connected. We, fe- we need that, you know, social, be part of a group, that togetherness. Now. Interestingly enough, the online world, the pandemic, is one big emotional experience for all of us. True. Right? But it caused us all to be less corporate. Because I'm talking to you right now. You can see my, you know, home office. You can see my, you know, people. I've seen people's bedrooms and I've seen people's kitchen. So we are already in a more intimate setting. That's so true. That's so true. And what it does, it gets us to feel more open, which kind of almost gives us a permission, right? To be a little bit more emotional. What I do, I just poke. I just poke here and there. People open up because it's our need. People love that. You know yourself from your experience, Janice, and everybody I talk to. You finish a meeting with 10 people. Everybody has to follow the rules. Everybody has to follow the guidelines. But then when you finish the meeting and you go to the hallway, there's a little side conversation. All of a sudden, the tone changes. All of a sudden you're like, hey, and you be more personal. 
right? Which is what we really want. By the way, the big challenge with the online world right now are those things. I mean, you can't wine and dine your customer. That's right. You used to. You can't do those small talks in the hallway. So there's actually a whole program that I'm launching next week. Yes, in a week. Mm-hmm. I call it the power of presence without being present, ah. which is based on emotional relevance elements mm-hmm. uh, in the virtual world. Mm-hmm. Right? How do you overcome these elements? Look, the environment changed, not your sales goals. Right. Right. So that's basically. That's true. Now, I know that, you know, you, you still are involved in corporate America because your clients, your clients are there. Correct. And, and to, for me, I, and just for the record, I'm in Canada, not America, but same principles, you know, the more formal um, corporate uh, existence. I got away from that a long time ago. And the world that I live in is more entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, small business owners, sales professionals, but the sales professionals could be in those bigger companies. It's just that because of who I am, I've always wanted to make it more personal. I can't help it. Right. So, so that's, that's fine. So Last week, just as an example of what you're saying, um, I was noticing, no, actually it was, it was just this past weekend, I was watching the US Open uh, tennis tournament and yep. they interviewed or they had, um, are you a tennis fan at all? I am actually. So Pam Shriver, do you know who she is? She's yes. one of the um, commentators often on the, right. on the tennis. So she was coming in from Los Angeles. They were interviewing her as an as a, an expert. You know, what did she think about the upcoming match? And there she was in what looked like standing or sitting in front of a closet that she had open that she rigged up some shelves with her trophies on and some books under. It was the most tacky looking thing I'd ever seen. Yeah. And that's exactly what you were talking about, how it brings people to a real level. You see them in a more real uh, set up. And it was, uh, to me, I noticed things like that. And I thought it was really funny. Let me tell you two quick things that will get you thinking. Now, bear with me because there's a, they're, they're a little sophisticated when it comes to psychology, but, but you'll get it. Thank the you. first one is, you know how years ago we used to speak on the phone and then the call would drop and we would call each other back and we will actually spend a few seconds discussing why did the, the call drop? We would be bothered by it. Yeah, right? yeah. Nowadays, the call drop, we just call back and keep yeah. going. For, why is it? Because psychologically, we have accepted, right? We have accepted the fact that it's not perfect, that there's some flaws there. We've accepted it. We accepted, call it mediocrity, call it imperfection, doesn't matter, but we've accepted it. And we're just, so we're not paying attention to it anymore. Right. It's the same thing. Right, we're communicating. We we'll meet each other. We come to the office. We're dressed with suits, or we're dressed with you know whatever. And slowly, in the last few years, with the millennials coming into the workforce, etc., right, it's become more laid back. Right, you see it more and more. Still, it, you know, there's some guidelines now with the online, because what you just said, right? We're, I'm at home. Yeah, exactly. Right? Just that's, don't get up. I don't want to see your pajama bottoms or whatever, right? You know? That's, that's exactly it. That's, that's one story. The other story is, here's something interesting. And I'll, I'll combine another story that uh, kind of got me to really, really be hurt by corporate America. My last job at corporate America, we, we were pitching to this really large customer, never mind the brand name. And we were six of us from my team. And we were in a room for about seven or eight hours right? Planning, pre- preparing 
for the next day uh, pitch, right? And there were 12 or 14 executives from the prospect side. Now, this is eight months in the making. So the eight months we have been uh, talking to them, it was all online. This is the first time we're meeting face-to-face. This is the big kind of, you know, meeting. So the whole methodology, uh, I'm kind of leading the way. We're drawing on the whiteboard. We're preparing who's talking to who, pain points, et cetera. Three weeks later, Janice, I get a call from HR. And the lady asked me, hey, is it true that um, you took your shirt off and you remained only with your undershirt on in that room? And I said, I don't know, it could be, maybe. I don't know, we were there for eight hours and you know, everybody was ordering food and we were all laid back, et cetera. Apparently, one of the ladies in the room was bothered by the fact that I remained with a white T-shirt on. I know what you're gonna ask. It wasn't a wife beater. It was a white T-shirt, Hanes, white t-shirt on. Now, let's think about it for a second, okay? Because of the corporate guidelines, she felt compelled to go to HR and say something about it. Now, we can talk about why it bothered her, that, but that doesn't matter. The fact that she didn't come to me and said, hey, Alon, you know, do you mind putting your shirt back on? Because I just you know what? I don't have to agree with her, but I would respect it. Case done. Case closed. Now HR goes through the whole motion and interviewing everybody who was there. And you know, all that, this really got me to, now it's not every company. I know it's a little extreme, but, but this is, you know. Well, it was a conservative company and that's, you know, where she was coming from. That's right. Different. Absolutely. But the point I was trying to get to, which is the other end of it, is you listen to um, Tony Robbins, you listen to Gary Vee today, some of the leading, you know, uh, names. And when they speak, right, they cuss. Mm -hmm. They use the F word. They they do whatever they want, whatever they feel. It, It works for them and everybody's okay with them cussing. Well, everybody that follows them. Yeah, for sure. But, but they made it a little bit more mainstream. That's what yes. I'm trying to say. Yes, yes, of course. Yeah. Okay. So there's evolution to it. And I mm-hmm. think the same thing for the online virtual world today, that evolution of we're going to be a little bit more laid back, a little bit more personal. Yeah. Right? So. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, the other day I was doing a networking meeting. I was running it and there were about 16 people on the screen and all of a sudden my door wasn't closed properly in my bedroom or in my office. I mean, it's not my bedroom. It is my office. <laughs> and, um, and then uh, all of a sudden this little person walks in. It was my granddaughter was here and I didn't know she was here. Yeah. And so She came in and of course I couldn't help but pick her up and sit her on my knee and all the ladies were, and women or people were watching. She only stayed two minutes because she's wriggly and wiggly and 14 months old, but it was like, I didn't care. That was the best thing since sliced bread for me that she came, right? And so, yeah. So what, what I'm about to say is, you know, it's, I think it's an amazing thing to, to, to ponder because she walks in, you don't make a big deal out of it. Nobody is. Right. If you make a big deal out of it, then everybody else will react as if it's a big deal. Now, if you take it a step further, and I work with salespeople to actually use these opportunities. Okay, good, yeah. <laughs> and, and 
get something around that that will get the audience to go through an emotional experience that they will remember, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Then two weeks later, you have another call with them with the same group, right? And you bring a picture of that granddaughter uh-huh. or a drawing that she drew to you. Sure, yeah. And what you're doing, you're saying, in a way, you're saying to them, remember two weeks ago? You're anchoring it, like exactly. you said. Exactly. Yes, yes. Exactly. So they, they now relive it It doesn't have to be anything major, right? It's just like that. I'm going to do that tomorrow. I'm going to do that. I'm going to see what happens when I do that. Yeah, do it. Yeah, very good. I like that. That's really cool. cool. So so when you're talking to um, sales professionals, and let's say you have a group of people, male and female, in front of you, and you're doing a training around... Um, emotional relevance and the importance of it and how to tell those stories so that people, you know, feel it. When you're looking at that group of people in front of you, do you already know who's going to get it and who isn't? Oh my God, Dennis. <laughs> you're, if somebody is asking this question, that means you get it. Because uh, <laughs> yes, you can. Yeah. Yes, you can. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Yes, you can. Those of us who feel, we know, feel those who feel. That's right. Yeah. We connect very, very, um, very, very clearly. Now, um, I had a, um, an online session the other day and I was, um, and I, and I opened up, it was Friday. I was a little bit more emotional. Um, You're still jet lagged probably. Yeah, no, it was like two weeks or three weeks oh, ago, okay. but it was a Friday afternoon and, uh, by the way, I had a call last Friday with a prospect and uh, Friday afternoon and one of the C-level executives said, guys, listen, you got me on a Friday afternoon. I'm a little bit more relaxed. So I'm, I'm open for it. Sure. You know, let's, let's do this. And <laughs> I said to him, by the way, one of the things I teach is the salespeople is schedule it for Friday afternoon because people are more emotional. Really They're good more- to know. They're more personable, yeah. right? They're, lack, they're less Monday morning stress yeah. of... So I mentioned the fact that for years I've been hiding, quote unquote, the fact that when I go to speak to a, a room full of people, there's almost like another me going around the room and telling me like who needs what, what do I need to address when... And it's weird. It's like a sixth sense. It's hard to explain. And then um, one of the uh, people in the audience uh, wrote to me, uh, you have ADHD, right? And I said, uh, most likely, yes. (laughs) Never tested, but yes. And my son has um, ADHD. She said, yeah, well, apparently for some ADHD uh, folks, that is exactly one of the things that they're uh, mentioning, that they have that almost sixth sense sense that can, can do that. Um, everybody calls it with different names, but uh, that's pretty much it. But to your question, yes. Uh, and for those who can't really get it, then I have my cheat sheets, my recipes that really help them go through the motion. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, it's just, it's interesting because you kind of get to know in a room full of people that you're training who you can work with as examples and so on and who you, you don't want to mess with because it could mess with the whole thing because they're not buying into it. Oh, listen, you know, very quickly who you want to call for the um, role-playing. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> what kind of role-playing, yes. 
Yeah. Absolutely. That's really cool. Um, okay, so I, I noticed in your bio that um, you love to engage an audience with singing. <laughs> Tell me about that. I can't sing, so I'm always um, so of people who can. I love the spotlight. I love the. Uh, oh, the really? Theater. I could tell when I watch some of your videos. You love it, of course, but you thrive on it. And that's great. Yes. That's yeah. When I uh, started my master's uh, communication class, and I remember the, the professor asking or telling everybody about the statistics, how you know very small percentage of people actually uh, love or are positive with public speaking, and how it's second. Yeah, well, it's the greatest fear. Greatest fear in public speaking, and it's like okay, and, and of course I raise my hand. I'm like, well, just put me on stage, come on. <laughs> um, so I love it, um, and, and you know, thank God I got opportunity to speak to small groups, but also large groups. Um, so how many bar mitzvahs have you sung at? How many what? I'm sorry. Bar mitzvahs. Oh you? yes, <laughs> I don't do bar mitzvahs. <laughs> So what happened is about three years ago, we formed a Israeli rock cover band here in Atlanta. I love it. Yes. So we sing primarily in Hebrew. We, oh. do, have, we do have some English uh, covers that we've done, some classic rocks, etc. cetera. Uh, but, you know, we perform maybe three, four, five times a year tops, a uh, small niche of audience, of course. Um, you play an instrument too, or do you just? I play a little bit of uh, keyboard and drums, just a little bit. I can't say I'm a musician, uh -huh. uh, and I think I, I, you know, I get the audience going, I get the crowd going. I'm not sure I'm at the level of <laughs> thinking that I can go record an album or be at the uh, uh, America's Got Talent, uh, <laughs> but I can definitely get a room uh, jumping up and down. Yes. I love it. That's great. So uh, being someone who has studied, gone to school, done a lot of um, um, advanced education, are you a reader now, would you say? First of all, in the last two years, I have read more, by far more than I've read in my entire life. Really? Because, yes. of, because of the studying you were doing? Exactly. Okay. Exactly. But I will say that I think it's my ADHD gets me to prefer to listen, right? Mm -hmm. Audiobooks. Because you can be doing uh, something else or walking or running or whatever. Exactly. That's yeah. exactly it. Yes. So, uh, yes, I, I've read or listened to uh, quite a few books in the last couple of years. Do you ever read novels? Um, yes. But uh, in the last couple of years, it's more um, educational, more inspirational uh books etc yeah so anyone in particular that's your favorite uh no i have a few but i will tell you that recently i read a book it's called um predictably irrational oh that's fun it's an israeli guy it happens to be an israeli guy it's in english but it's an israeli guy professor who uh works in north carolina i think research uh the hidden forces that shape our decisions right um Super, super fascinating uh, book, you know, easy reading. And a lot of, he, he shares a lot of his experiments with how we make decisions, not necessarily buying decisions, mm -hmm. okay? But how irrational it is, right? 
Uh, that's why he called it predictably irrational. Like the guy the has a couple of TED Talks. Uh, he is, uh, I highly recommend to listen to it. I'm writing it down. Yeah. He also, I read another book of his called um, Motivation, about motivation, what motivates us, mm -hmm. right? Uh, he did a couple of experiments with uh, a group of uh, corporate employees in, on the West Coast, actually. Um, so anyways, motivation, very small paperback, uh, book. So easy read. Yeah. So, um, with your new program that you are launching, mm -hmm. are you going to be, um, working a lot of virtual stages in the next little while? Will you be going back to face-to-face -face mm -hmm. stuff at all? Oh, so great question. So first of all, I am happy that in the last know, couple of months, and for the next three months that I can see, I'm actually uh, doing a lot. I've been invited to speak to a lot of, uh, you know, podcasts like yours and uh, some presentation. I did a, uh, can I be, um, can I be somewhat cocky for a second? Sure. All right. Just for a second. Okay. I did a presentation for a group in New York uh, called the Alliance. Amazing business owners group. They help each other. I mean, unbelievably run. Um, and it was about 115 people on Zoom, okay? Mm, wow. Now get this, I got standing ovation on Zoom. <laughs> oh, that's cool. That was pretty amazing. Um, so yeah, I'm doing these sessions um, on Zoom. Uh, I would love to go back to face-to-face -to -face soon. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, sure, because that just feeds you. I, can, I know, I can tell. Yeah. It so, would be too. It's, it's hard doing some of those things. It's just... I shouldn't say it's hard. It's just different. It's different. Um, it, it is different. And it is hard for people because they're not used to it, right? The psychology of being cooped in for so long, just the psychology, um, especially for us who are used to travel, right? Mm -hmm. Go around. Um, I know. I just remembered. I promised to connect you with somebody as well. And now that you're back in Atlanta, I will. Because... Um, one of my mentors who has a, a podcast that I think he will love your work. So. Oh, that was great. But um, here's just one thing that is a good news. Uh, we are now, I don't know, I'm not sure when it's going to be aired, but we are now mid September. Yes. And things seem to be um, waking up, right? Just the last week, you know, I've started receiving uh, notes from people that talked to me four or five months ago, six months ago. And now they're saying, all right, we're ready to, to roll. We're ready to do this. We're ready to, you know, so things seem to be moving a little better. I, I hope it doesn't get crazy though, when your U S election happens, because that's going to cause another hole. We know, we don't know what's going to happen yet. Right. So, um, well, I, I will tell you one quick thing about that. I am now applying. Finally, I can apply for my U S citizenship. So I'm going to miss this year's election, uh, right? I cannot vote yet. And, uh, I, I told you I have a blog, Yes. My, blog, my blog is called Two Weeks Notice, A Touch of Emotional Relevance Every Couple of Weeks. Yes, I love it. Thank you. And actually, the blog that is coming out this week is going to be talking about um, the common things for us, the non-Americans. Okay. Right? And okay. I'm not going to ruin the entire... No. Actually, it's going to be aired after. So the punchline is going to be the, the one that is common, the thing that is common for us non-Americans is actually the Americans. <laughs> It is um, yeah. from different angles. Yes, so I'm, I'm sharing an interesting story there. But uh, the bottom line is, yes, I hope it doesn't get crazy. 
<laughs> so you chose blogging, not podcasting, because you love to write, I'm guessing, because I'd rather speak. And I would think you and podcasting makes sense. Well, the only reason I started with blogging, because now I'm getting a little bit more to podcasting and, and videos and... yeah is the only reason I started podcasting is because I was working at corporate America and I really, really wanted a channel of my own voice. Got it. And podcast, similar to what we said earlier, you know, kind of gives you the permission to not write in a very corporate-like English, mm -hmm. right? It's more conversational. Sure. And everybody who reads my blog um, and knows me, always, always 100%, like, oh, that's so you, Alon, right? <laughs> Uh, and so it's very light reading three to five minute uh, uh, story every two weeks. Mm -hmm. um, the most amazing thing that could happen for me, Janice, is to, to know that people actually are impacted in a positive way by some of the stuff I'm saying. I got an, you know, I get emails every now and then and people read my blog. And, but a friend of mine told me the other day, not only that I, I, I didn't know that he reads my blog, Right. He said, not only did I read it, I actually used with three meetings in the last six months of our management team, three times I used your blog as a lesson or as a reference mm -hmm. for my management team. And that, Janice, between you, me and the, the Zoom, that's what it's all about for me, right? That's that virtual hug that I like to call it. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So... Just before we wrap up, I'd like to ask you, one of my favorite words is curiosity. Mm -hmm. What are you curious about all the time? Oh, my God. People. <laughs> people. Um, curious about, um, you know, what makes people happy. R really, how can I make people happy? But I got to tell you, I looked at your website and I, you know, I listened to some of your podcasts and curiosity is big for you. I have a daughter who is 20 years old. She's, uh, she's in the military in Israel right now, and she's now about to embark on life. And uh, it's, it's funny, last week, as you know, I was in Israel and I sat with her and I said to her, I want you to be curious. Mm -hmm. So curiosity for me is somewhere between entrepreneurship and youth, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I want you to be curious to find your passion, find something that makes you happy. So you asked me what is curious, curiosity for me is making you know, how, what will make you happy? Mm -hmm. what, how can I offer some, a virtual hug, some comfort, some, you know, something to, to make you happy? Um, but you, so, did, yeah. you just said something interesting though, that I'm, I'm really not convinced that, or I should say I'm more convinced that curiosity is innate. You either have it or you don't. Mm. And I don't like that I think that, but I have... I don't know. I have two daughters. One is more curious than the other. And you can say, like you said to your daughter, I want you to be curious. I want you to find something that makes you happy. How do I be curious? Right? Yeah. Well, sure. You ask lots of questions and pay attention to what people, but if it's, if it's not innate, it's harder for them to you do. You know what, Janice? Unfortunately, I think you're right. I think I agree with that. And, uh, I think I'm learning she is not innately curious. We have to try. We have to teach them, right? For sure. For sure. But For yeah, sure. it's, it's yeah. right. And so like 
two children. I have two different personalities in those girls. And same with you. You have two children, different personalities, right? My son is super curious. Super curious about everything. There you go. Now, your daughter, she, is she two years in the Army? She just is finishing now, two years in the Army, yes. Okay, okay, so she's finishing. That's good, okay. Right. And one last thing, because I know we have this in common now, and I love the fact that we both love basketball. And um, who do you think is going to win the NBA title? Oof. Now that my beloved Raptors aren't in it anymore. You know what? I'm going to go with the Clippers. Okay. I'm going to go with the Clippers. Okay. It's not a bad, that's not a bad one. We'll see what, how, I mean, I was shocked that they lost yesterday to the Nuggets, but I still think they can. Uh, and of course, uh, they have our guy, right? Kawhi. There you go. Yeah. Kawhi. Yeah, defected. I know. <laughs> anyway, it was a delight talking to you. I wish you well with your new program. I do want to stay in touch and uh, keep that emotional relevance happening um, between us. And I will be in touch with a connection for you. So I thank Dennis, you. Big hug and thank you for your time. And just, I really enjoyed it. I appreciate it. Thank you. Me too. So thank you to my audience. If you liked what you heard, you I will put um, Elon's contact info in the show notes and be sure to contact him and find out more about his work and please leave a review. We love that. Don't forget. We like subscribers too. So thank you again. And don't forget to stay connected and be remembered. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. If this show has inspired you to reach out to connect to someone new or nurture a current or past relationship, and you think that others can benefit from listening, please share this episode. If you have feedback or questions about the episode, please leave a note in the comment sections below. If you would like to receive automatic updates of new podcast episodes, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or from the podcast app on your mobile device. Ratings and reviews from my listeners are extremely valuable to me and greatly appreciated. They help the podcast rank higher on iTunes, which exposes my show to more awesome listeners like you. So if you have a minute, please leave an honest review on iTunes. And remember to stay connected and be remembered.